This episode of Honey is brought to you by Distilled, which makes amazing premium denim and essentials at an affordable price. The problem with jeans is that the really good pairs cost two to $300 easily, and the bargain brands just fall apart or look terrible. If you're sifting through sales racks just to find a decent pair of jeans under $100, call off the search party. Looking good at the office shouldn't cost you your next paycheck. And with Distilled, it doesn't. Distilled offers premium denim and essentials at an affordable price. Their products cost just a third of what other premium brands charge because Distilled refuses to work with middlemen, bringing savings directly to you. They utilize the same fabrics, factories, and wash houses as the best-known brands and designers while skipping the markups and middlemen. The result? Pure, unadulterated denim without the retail runaround. Just go to distilled.com, spelled D-S-T-L-D dot Com and see where minimalist design meets maximum comfort. I got some jeans and a couple of t-shirts from Distilled. And I have to say they're so comfortable. They fit great. I love wearing them. And I can't believe that they were under $100. Seriously, they fit and feel like more expensive jeans. Just go to distilled.com, D-S-T-L-D.com right now and use the promo code HONEY10 in all caps at checkout to get 10% off your first purchase. DSTLD.com, distilled.com, promo code HONEY10 and get 10% off your first purchase. This episode of Honey is brought to you by HelloFresh. HelloFresh is an amazing meal kit delivery service that delivers incredible step-by-step recipes and pre-measured ingredients to your door in a recyclable box so you can just cook, eat, and enjoy delicious meals that you made yourself. For $30 off your first week, visit HelloFresh.com and use the promo code HONEY30 at checkout. Again, for $30 off your first week, visit HelloFresh.com and use the promo code HONEY30. Now, on to the show! You open yourself up emotionally and you get vulnerable and you know, I remember one night I was in bed and I was having a bad dream or something was bothering me and I looked next to me and I go, she's my best friend. I could wake her up right now and say, listen, I'm feeling like shit, you know. <laughs> I'd I say, do- go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> She'd say, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, talk to me later. <laughs> Hi, guys. Welcome to Honey. I'm Julia Meltzer. So here's the deal. We're going to start wrapping up this first season of Honey. That was like two years and 70 episodes. So <laughs> nah, a little more than a traditional season. It's been long. I need a break. Um, My plan is to come back to you with an amazing season two that will continue to bring you new insights about conflict and relationships and bring you some really interesting couples and, you know, keep having this conversation about how to stay happy in relationships when you fight with each other. So that being said, to end this first season, I'm going to play you guys three of my favorite episodes. This week, we're going to listen to The Marriage Map. Justin and Isley, I reference it all the time when people ask me, like, what have I learned from doing honey? I always say this thing from this episode, which is the best way to work on a relationship is to each turn around and work on yourself. So Justin and Isley are amazing. Uh, I hope you enjoy listening to this or re-listening to it. And stay tuned for my other two favorite episodes. And... I'm excited to get back to you guys with season two at some point in 2018. Okay, here we go. Honey, honey.
alone Cause we've got things to talk about I've been sitting here on my own And I think we can work it out Honey, 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 come on Cause I think we can work it out <laughs> Okay, Justin and Isley, welcome to Honey. Thank you. Thanks. What were you going to say? Say yeah, I was going to say, how much does that cost? It, <laughs> like several hundred dollars. Several hundred, the like whole, more, like more than four. Um, no, maybe over over three under four. Because the microphones are good too. It looks like yeah, the yeah. microphones are good. The whole shebang was like a grand. Okay. Very good. Yeah, yeah. So I was recording at my producer's house for a little while until I was like sure that I wanted to keep doing it and then I was like okay I'll buy all the stuff right? yeah you wouldn't want to spend that money and decide no you don't want to do it yeah and be like I'm bored of talking to couples but it didn't happen I never got bored and I'm so excited to talk to you guys because you've been married for a long time yes 45 years 45 years in June in June, it'll be 45 years. Happy early anniversary. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Do I get an award for that or something? You might be the longest. I'll check on Phyllis and Larry, but you might be yeah. the longest marriage on Honey so far. It's pretty All long. Right. It's pretty All right. long. So we can encourage the other people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so welcome to Los Angeles. Thank Thanks. You. You're in town from, from New York. From New York. Yeah. Mm -hmm. From Long Island. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Cool. Mm -hmm. Born and raised. Both of you? Yep. Yep. Cool. Actually, I was born in Brooklyn mm -hmm. and then, you know, moved to Long Island when my parents, of course, brought the whole family out to Long Island. But born and in I Brooklyn. And I have a, the exact same background. I was born in Brooklyn as well. So, how did you guys meet? Go ahead, Eyes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Give him the real story. <laughs> we met in high school that Justin was trying to go out with uh, this other girl and I was trying to hook, the, you know, get the two of them together. But she was interested in somebody else, and then the, because the two of us were talking so much about him getting together with the other one, he wound up asking me out. So, so. what about her, did her matchmaking skills make you wanna go out with her? When did you switch from the well, other one? I, I, I think we were <laughs> friends before anything. You well, know? You know, I mean, we'd be friends because we were talking about, okay, who do you wanna date or whatever, but right. it was basically like that, and then he asked me out instead. And then you've been together since high school? Since high school. Yeah. Was, you know, on and off, you know, different times and on and off for about six years before we got married. Did you break up in those six years, like fully break up? Yep. Yep. <laughs> How many times? Always be on and off. Not so many times. It was, uh, I guess, like maybe two or three times. Maybe once, I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't even remember, so it, was, it can't have been Don't that forget, impactful. it was 45 years yeah. ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. uh... Yes, you know, dating from high school, and then you go to college, so things, you know. He went away to college. I stayed around in the area, and that was it. You know, you just kind of get back together. But we always kind of knew we were going to get married, I think. How did you know? It, it was almost like, <laughs> I, I think because we got along so well that it, it, we just kind of knew, don't you think? 
Well, what happened was around <laughs> September of one year, I said, you know, six years of going steady. I said, I don't know what you're doing next June, but I'm getting married. <laughs> <laughs> that and, was probably... That was, that was it. That was know? the most romantic proposal <laughs> so on record. you proposed. You yeah, proposed that was for it. sure. And, like, and he's like, well, I guess so. You know? I said, I'm in. <laughs> the, the problem that's what was... It was. It was like six years of, what are we going to do? You, you know, you're not going to keep going for another 10 years. So it's like fish or cut bait. And the only thing holding me back was I didn't have a job. I was in college for a lot of those years mm -hmm. and I didn't know what I was going to do when I got out of college. But once she said that, I'm like, yeah, it's time. <laughs> you know, it's really time. And we, we had no money when we got married. Oh. Um, we paid for our own wedding. What was the wedding like? It was awesome. We had a great wedding. It really was. <laughs> it was we, funny because the only band, I mean, we had music, it was a live band, but the only band that we knew was this bar band that played like the night before but they hung in there and they showed up at the gig you know, and they were and friends of ours we knew them you know yeah. from our town that's awesome yeah. and the cool part of it was and there was a lot of cool parts but one of the cool parts was they asked me to come up on stage and sing the band uh -huh. and it was like so exciting for me because I always wanted to be a singer but I was afraid to get up in front of people and sing but they like gave me the impetus to get up there and do that. And you were just high on being happy. That, no, that, 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 that and a few other <laughs> things. <laughs> <laughs> that and a few other things, for sure. Let's put it this way. I had, I had artificial courage to get up there and do that. Yeah. Sure, sure. <laughs> well, I would need a lot of artificial courage to sing in front of people. Yeah, but it was a great wedding. That's yep. awesome. Because we had our, you know... All, all our childhood friends were All there. of our friends, you know, it was really nice. So do you yeah. still live in the same town you both grew up in? Pretty close. Yeah, like yeah. one town over. Wow. Yep. The interesting part is we bought a house seven houses away from where I grew up. Wow. Which was really kind of unusual because my parents moved out of state several years before. And when Isley and I got married... First, we lived in a very tiny apartment in Massapequa, which was a couple of towns from where we were. Then we moved to another apartment in Belmore. And then we started looking for houses to, to buy. And this friend of mine said, hey, Justin, you know, I'm selling my house on Pine Street. And I grew up on Pine Street. And I said, wow, that's awesome. Let's, let's go take a look. And he goes, yeah, I'll sell it to you without the real estate. And we looked at it, and the next thing we knew, yeah. we had a house on Pine yeah. Street. It was just perfect. And we're still there. Wow. Yeah. How long have we been in that house? Since 77? 78. Yeah, 1978 we moved there. Are you staying there? Yep. We're staying there. Yep. But, but we like to come out here in the winter. Yeah, sure, <laughs> sure. Who doesn't? <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so now you have to tell me about how you fight? Do you fight? All right, so I've been thinking about this since Rachel had said, you know, <laughs> do you want to do some interviews with Honey? <laughs> okay. That because, you know, from being married and being together for so long, um, arguments have changed, you mm -hmm. know, like in from the beginning, like, you know, how we used to argue and to how we are now, that I just recently retired so, um, you know, it's like, okay, living together under the roof, you know, for like a lot more hours, time together. Um, but it's just, it's different.
you know, uh, my the kids are all grown, so we don't argue much about like how to bring up the kids anymore. You know, <laughs> we don't have any animals to like, you know, take care of the dog or cat or anything like that. But it, it just has. Um, I feel that the way of arguing, you know, has evolved the way that I've evolved. You know, huh. as a person. Yeah. You know, um, but things that used to bother me don't bother me anymore. What used to bother you that doesn't bother you anymore? Well, um, kids not doing what you tell them to do, you know, in the but house. Now do your, do your kids just do what you tell them to do? <laughs> I don't care about what to tell them what to do. <laughs> no. They're all gone. They're it all doesn't grown. bother you yeah. anymore? Cause right. No, it's none, <laughs> none of my business. They're all grown, not my business, you know, not my business. But it was, uh, I think, you know, just like kind of thing, you know, Running a household, getting things done. You tell kids, or you tell anybody, you know, I, you, you know, do X, Y, Z, and they don't want to do it. And then it's like, well, what do you mean you don't want to do it? You know, and you, I'm, I'm the boss, and you got to do it. You know, um, I don't have to be the boss anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so was it stressful to be the boss? Yeah, mm-hmm. it was stressful to be the boss. You know, thinking that, and, and as a boss, had all that responsibility. You know, and then sharing the responsibility with um you know with a spouse and especially uh we worked on being on the same uh wavelength like the same especially with the the kids and stuff Mm -hmm. to be like saying the same thing which was kind of funny when they get to be teenagers and they don't like hearing that we both feel the same way (laughs) but um that was important to be a united front yeah a united front Mm -hmm. I, i kind of agree with that um we have changed a lot since we were kids. I mean, and we were kids when we got married, basically. We were 23 years old. And in five years, we had our first child. And along the way, there have been so many different things that have taken place in terms of our own personal growth and our, and our growth as partners, you know. Um, for a long time in our marriage, um, I, I had problems. I, I had substance abuse problems. I was in rehab uh, in 1983. I was 33 years old. And I wasn't really being a good partner in our relationship because I really wasn't capable of being a partner because of my disease of addiction that I had. And with that, you know, with that addiction comes a lot of self-centeredness. So I had all that. I'm not proud of it, but I'm you know, far removed from that as well. And uh, it's interesting, too, because (laughs) over the years, um, I I finally ended up becoming a therapist myself. And I learned a lot about what it takes to have a good partnership. And I, I stumbled upon this thing once called the marriage map, which goes through the whole cycle of a relationship. And each... Every, every single marriage goes through these, these phases, if you will. And the first phase is, you know, you fall in love, everything's great. You overlook each other's differences. You know, your physical relationship is probably the best it's going to be. be. And, you know, because you're young and, and you're attracted to each other and everything's great. But that doesn't last forever. And, you know, like the next stage is, what was I thinking? <laughs> you know, and, and in that stage, you start looking at stuff and you go, wow, she has all these idiosyncrasies and she's probably feeling the same way about me and like, oh my God, 
now what? So then the next phase is you might try to change who your partner is. And when you realize that doesn't work, you start to change yourself. If, if you're healthy and you're willing to do that, because that's really the alternative. So I think we both worked on ourselves a lot. You know, we had our stints in marriage counseling as well, to, because we had to learn how to talk to each other. We did not know how to talk to each other. And there's a lot of ways to argue, but there's yeah. really two ways. The first way is you can argue in a healthy way or you can argue in an unhealthy way. <laughs> And we had to learn how to argue in a healthy way. So how did you used to argue and what did you change to make well, it healthy? that's a good question. I think the old way I used to argue was I would point out everything she did wrong. And somebody told me, when you point one finger at that person, three fingers come back to you, you need to focus on yourself. And I was like, oh my God, I don't want to do that. It's much easier to blame your partner. <laughs> but if you do that, you're not going to get anywhere. Yeah. And we found out, you know, what makes a healthy relationship? Two healthy people that come together as independent people and then evolve as partners. And I think we've gotten to that point now after a lot of years of a lot of work. But really, most of that work wasn't as couples necessarily as it was working individually on ourselves to yeah. learn how to argue. Like, for example... Um, when I, had, when I had to talk to my wife. I was looking at you well, expectantly. <laughs> well, I, I'm, I'm hearing a lot of, yeah. I, I, I'm thinking about your question was like, well, how did it change? Mm -hmm. So early on, I mean, with the arguing, it was a lot of cursing, a lot of like, you're an idiot. What the, you know, what did you do that for? Oh my God, how stupid was that? You know, how, and then which relates to, you know, translates into how stupid are you? So it was very personal, the personal attack, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and just like you said, we, you know, you change, hopefully you mature. And at some point, whether, I don't know, when the marriage map or whatever it was, but to kind of like have that look and say, do I really want to stay in this? You know, is, what's going to happen here? You know, the kids are going to grow up. And like, if we don't work on our relationship, you know, you're going to be on one side of the mountain and I'm going to be on the other. And like, you know, what, what's that all about? So it was really taking that honest look at ourselves and, mm -hmm. and, our, and our marriage and, you know, saying, okay, you know, do we want to stay in this? Yeah, we do want to stay in this. I love you very much. And let's, you know, it's us against the world now. So what was, what was that like conversation like? Well, here's what I think is so cool about this, that I've heard this before and like the couples I talked to I noticed this like it's it's definitely best to have like two independent happy people who are like you just add value to my life I don't need you but I'm choosing to be with you right. but I think it's so cool that you guys seem to have gotten to that place from within your relationship mm -hmm. like usually people will like break up and be like I have to find myself and then right. get back together or right. something right. Um, but it's just so cool that you guys like each did it but stuck together mm -hmm. well we had a, you know we had a family we had young kids we had know. a lot invested in our marriage you know a you lot know. you know a and, lot of hard work and i remember too when i was younger and we argued i was very sensitive like i would hold a grudge for weeks and forget even what the hell i was mad at after a couple of weeks but as we get older now and we realize you know we say to ourselves how important is it this argument we had 
and we rebound a lot quicker from arguing. You know, mm -hmm. we don't hold grudges or we, you know, we realize it's not that important, most of that stuff. We know what's important today. Yeah. You know, what's important is um, getting along with each other. And I, I think this too about us that uh, we just get along. I mean, we have, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, I just, seriously. No. We it's have like, fun. How important is it? You know, like, is it really that important that you know? I mean, that doesn't mean I don't get mad at her sometimes because I get angry sometimes at some of the things she says. But I can say to her in a way that I never could. Like I, as a man, I never wanted to be vulnerable, right? Mm -hmm. So when I learned how to talk to my wife, I, uh, a lot of the counseling around that was, you know, you got to come from the I statement. You got to talk about your feelings. So it was very hard for me to say, Isley, you know what? I'm really feeling very vulnerable today or very inadequate. That was hard for me to do that because of course. the message I got as a man growing up is you never freaking expose your feelings like that. But once I really started to do that, it kind of freed me. And I think, I think women see that as more attractive anyway because you're being real. It's you, true. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and we, we didn't have number five. We only had four kids at that point. So we're not having number five. <laughs> um. And that's, you know, when I hear about um, intimacy, not in a physical sense, but in an emotional sense, and you break down the word as intimacy, you know? Ooh. So when you do that, Very you open yourself up emotionally and you get vulnerable. And, you know, I remember one night I was in bed and I was having a bad dream or something was bothering me. And I look next to me and I go, she's my best friend. I could wake her up right now and say, listen, I'm feeling like shit, you know? I'd I say go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> She'd say yeah. But, yeah. Okay, talk to me later. <laughs> you know, but the truth is, if I woke her up and said, you know what, I really need to talk to you. I'm having a nightmare or whatever it is that's going on. I'm struggling with something. She would get up and talk to me. Mm -hmm. She'd go. You could have waited till the morning, but you know. <laughs> but she would do it if I asked her. You know. So those are the things that are important. Some of the things that are important, anyway. This episode of Honey is brought to you by HelloFresh. HelloFresh is the meal kit delivery service that makes it fun and easy to cook delicious, balanced dinners for less than $10 a meal. They offer a wide variety of chef-curated recipes that change weekly, and you can choose your delivery day to fit your busy schedule. I live in Los Angeles, as you know, and I am constantly running around recording too many podcasts so being able to choose when I get my box has been a lifesaver I got a HelloFresh box and I loved it I made this amazing ravioli mushroom ravioli that could have come from a fancy Italian restaurant but it didn't it came from my kitchen in a box that I and I made it myself um, all the ingredients were measured out it was like super easy it was a one pan situation which is amazing for $30 off your first week, visit HelloFresh.com and use the promo code HONEY30 at checkout. Again, for $30 off your first week, visit HelloFresh.com and use the promo code HONEY30. Now, back to the show. What is something that, that used to be important that you now realize is not? Money. Oh. Yeah, because we have it now. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> You're like, all these things just got easier. No kids. Now we have money. <laughs> but no, it, it, about money. Because um, and a lot of people think, oh, you, know, you don't want to argue about money and all. But yeah, it's about money. You know, mm -hmm. um, 
I remember, th- I mean, just that would be a big thing that, you know, you, you, have, you only have X amount of money and where's it going to go and what's important? You know, is it important to uh, buy the fancy car or it's a, is it important to, uh, you know, put money for the, for the kids' education or whatever, which we never really got to do anyway because we had to pay for the mortgage, you know, <laughs> but, but we it always would be put about the kids, money. We always put the kids first, but we were also responsible. I don't think we lived over our means and that was important. We were both pretty responsible when it came to money, so eventually it all got paid off because of that responsibility that mm-hmm. we had. I think what happened with about money was that um, uh, we balanced each other out. You know, not that I would have every penny that I ever made squirreled, you know, <laughs> squirreled away, <laughs> but Justin would, you know, he he would like to spend more money easier than I. Mm-hmm. He's never said to me, you know, you can't buy that. The only person that's ever said to me that I can't buy anything is myself because I would have in my head, no, I really shouldn't pay, you know, buy this because I need something else, you know. But Justin would never say, no, you can't have that. Mm-hmm. And then the flip side of that is like, well, that he wants everything. You know? yeah. <laughs> everything well, why can't I have it, you know? Kind of. So that's where that rub would come in, you mm-hmm. know. And also uh, looking to myself as to um, what was the importance about money that I put importance about money because I grew up um, in a house that didn't have much money. So money was important to me. And, um, but once I realized that, you know, I as a person am much more than money and, uh, and I'm okay with my own self, the money, it's not as important as it used to be. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so you know, again, the better I feel about myself, the other things, you know, how important is it? You know, I know you had said that earlier, like how, you know, I can either say, you know, do I want to be happy or do I want to be right? Yep. Do I, I want to have that, you know, that, that, <laughs> that argument where you agree with me and I, yes, you know, I, I win. Eh, not so much anymore. Mm-hmm. Not so much anymore. I, I know who I am and, um, and I can let go of things and just tell myself how important is it. Yeah. Um, when you said you had a lot invested in your marriage what do you mean by that because like presumably everybody does right right (laughs) but that doesn't make everybody stay together i think the investment for me is uh history like we've been through a lot of like crises together where isley has always supported me and you know i don't looking back on i don't know how the hell i would do it without her like when i went through my stint with addiction and i had to go to rehab and all that stuff she was nothing but supportive and after i got out of rehab i had to continue a kind of a lifestyle to maintain that recovery that took me out of the house a lot and uh so she was there for that and then we had some tragedy you know we had some death in our family my brother got involved in uh some stuff with the law that was really difficult to deal with and I had to go visit him in jail, and I hated that. But Isley was with me all every step of the way. <laughs> and, you know, I was not always a nice guy. I did a lot of things that were, uh, that I kind of regret. And Isley never really judged me for it, I don't think, but she held me accountable. So all mm. of that stuff means to me that, you know, she gives a shit enough about me to stand by me even in the tough times. And... That's a big part of the investment, as well as the children, of course, but that's a gimme. Yeah. You know? I remember thinking that uh, 
you know, um, I'm hanging in there. I'm hanging in there. He, he's getting better. He's getting better. He's almost, he's almost perfect. He's almost just where I want him. And I'm not going to let some other woman come in and take him. So, the hell with it. I'm hanging in there. You've done all the hard work. I've done all this hard work and I ain't letting somebody else take off the good stuff, you know. <laughs> but it, it, and believe it, me, it was a lot of work. <laughs> but it, you know, life life throws things at you, and it's good that we have each other. Yeah, you know, a lot of good things. There's some stuff that's kind of sensitive, like, and I'll just talk in generalities, but like, you know, sexual stuff. You know, um, generality. <laughs> <laughs> it, it seemed always to be more important to me for some reason, and but it wasn't. You know, Isley would tell me a million times that. Um, we're different, you know, when it comes to this. I'm not you. I don't have the same feelings you have regarding this. So that was a, always a constant struggle. But now, finally, <laughs> I think I really understand that. You know, this whole wait, idea. Wait a minute. Of, Am I swinging on the pole yet? Or, you know, <laughs> what's going on? No, is it like, you know, men are from Mars, women are from Venus, you know? Like, we're different. We're different yeah. people. We're, so we're different animals. So in terms of, like, you thought this... Gen, this generality that, that we're talking about was like a big problem. And, For me, but, it was. Yeah, but yeah. but you were like, you know, what? it's not a problem. We're just different. Well, it wasn't so nonchalant in the beginning because, of course, I felt like there's something wrong with me. You know, if I'm not, um, if I'm not going along with a lot of the, you know, if I'm not going along with and doing exactly what you know Justin would want to be doing or not doing or whatever, it's just that uh, that I would be second guessing myself and saying there's something wrong with me. Mm -hmm. But I go back to the idea that the more I accept myself and the more that I care about myself and the more that I say, no, I'm okay. You know, I'm good enough for me and that's good enough for anybody else. So that got me to where I can just say, you know what, no, I'm just, you know, we're just different. We're just different. And so the more acceptance of myself, it was easier for me. That's it. And you know, the, the longer you stay together, uh, I think we kind of pick our battles. And I don't take things as personally as I used to. You know, like I would really personalize things. And I realized. Well, because you would fight in this personal way. Yeah, exactly. Right, exactly. Like, you know, there's something wrong with you because, or, you know, me or whatever it was. It was always that attack. So if you take the judgment out of it and you just keep the focus on yourself, which is so hard to do. But, yeah. but once you start doing that and realize, okay, I can get through this if I just keep the focus on me. Because yeah. well, I'm like, not going to change her. You know, like, like you said, about uh, more talking about how you're feeling about things. Right. Yeah. You know? I think it's so... Um, it, to me, it makes sense that a couple would have these like personal fights early on in their relationship. And I know like that's how I have fought in my relationships. But it's almost like it's because the information that you're being confronted with that's upsetting you is a, like new information about the per that person. Right. Okay. You don't yeah. know them that well yet, so they've mm. done something that like you don't like, and you're kind of like, is this who you are? Mm -hmm. and, th and so that's upsetting, and then you yell about it, and then you say you're an asshole because you look like an asshole mm. now, and you didn't look like that before. Mm. And it seems like that 
stops when you've been together for longer because you're like, well, I know you're not an asshole. So <laughs> like you said. Or <laughs> or it doesn't make any difference. It's yeah. no big deal. <laughs> you know, I can be a jerk and you can be a jerk. And, you know, how important is it about being a jerk? Remember when I was <laughs> talking about that marriage map before? Mm-hmm. There's a stage in there, that stage I talked about where it says you change finally. Mm-hmm. And it says when you do that, you know, if you can get through this stage because it's like the third or fourth one down, the research shows that 86% of couples will stay together after that. After this, after, after that you stage change. of you change, where you're keeping the focus on you rather than your partner. And rather than look for reasons to blame, you look for reasons on how we can stay together, whatever that might mean. Mm-hmm. And it's really... It's amazing because me as a therapist, I use that marriage map with, <laughs> with couples. Uh-huh. And it's, almost, it's amazing how predictable relationships are because everybody thinks they're unique yeah. when it comes to that stuff, but it's not true. All those stages are predictable in every single relationship, whether they're married or not, but just long-term relationships. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. It's really an eye-opener. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Well, something and you had said about um, so you're with the person and you're going, wait a minute, you know, I, I didn't know you were a jerk about that or whatever, and even you know together for so long, it's like, wait, when did you, you know, when did you not think like that or something like, you know, like maybe he's changed his mind about something. I have no idea what it is I'm trying to say right now, <laughs> but it's like, um, <laughs> but it it goes back to that. It's okay, you know, it, it, the acceptance and. Um, you know, when you you get older and you really, it's a, the cliche is like you're really finding out what's what's the important part. You know, what's really important. You know, yeah, the person themselves. You know how they how you treat each other, how you respect each other, give each other. You know, the, your own space. Um, that's one thing that Justin and I have is too is our we have our own little space and things that we do. You know, just with I have friends that I do things with and he has friends that he just he does things where we don't have to do everything as a couple we're mm-hmm. not attached to the hip yeah you know so which is important yeah it's not like some people can be like overly dependent on each other yeah and that's you know that can be really very unhealthy like you're trying to get your good feelings out of your partner rather than just getting them from yourself uh-huh. that codependency thing you hear about that's yeah. real you know yeah but I was just thinking about something with the kids um we were in marriage counseling and uh, and we were dealing with one of our kids who was having a, a problem with drugs as well. And we were advised that we really need to work together as a united front, right? Which we weren't always doing. Like this kid would go to Isley and say, you know, I need 10 bucks. And she'd go, no, you're not getting 10 bucks. Then they'd come to me. I was a softer touch and I might give them <laughs> 10 bucks. So, I tried. So that had to change. Wall. So that had to change. So the first time we tried that, working together as United Front, that's what happened. That child came to Isley and said, could I have some money? She said, no. He comes to me and he goes, Dad, can I have 10 bucks, whatever it was? And I said, well, hold on a minute. I have to go ask your mother. <laughs> oh, you got to go ask mom? What are you, like a pussy now? You can't do this on your own? <laughs> right? right? Seriously. But- so... And that was hard for me because once again, my ego gets involved. You know, I'm the man. Like mm-hmm. I'm, sm- but I said no. I, this is what we decided. We're going to come together as a united front, and that really worked wonders dealing with the children. 
Because that's hard to do. Yeah. Because their job is to split you, you know? <laughs> that's true. If they can get the, the mother over there and the father <laughs> over there, then maybe they'll get what they want. That's true. That was tough. Yeah. But communication, I'm thinking a lot of communication. Just th there would be times where I think, well, how could he think like that? Mm -hmm. And then be the thought of like, well, if, he, if I wanted to paint the room... Uh -huh. <laughs> I have to tell him what color I want, right? Uh -huh. I just can't assume that he knows that my favorite color is blue, and of course I would want the room to be painted blue. So you have to tell him what you want, uh -huh. you know, and in a way that you're not telling them they're a jerk because they don't know that you want it blue. Yeah, well, that's yeah. another thing we learned is to uh, state the obvious. Mm. You know, I love that because if you don't, you're assuming that your partner knows, and when you're together a long time. You would assume that a yeah. lot of times. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? What? Like, so just what she said about reading each other's minds. No, state the obvious. You know, talk about what's right in front of you. Be very specific about things, and that's a really good way to communicate. Yeah, because that's then so there's hard no, for some people. Oh, totally. You guys, you too, and me, and honestly, a lot of the people I have on the show are so emotionally healthy, <laughs> and there are just so many psychos. <laughs> oh, there are a lot, because I'm in the business of seeing those business, couples, yeah. you know, and sometimes I'm like, they walk in, and I set ground rules, and the ground rules are, okay, there's no talking over each other, one person speaks at a time, and I don't want any blaming. So then it starts, they start talking over each other, they're yeah. blaming each other. I'm like, I'm like the referee in there. Well, someone recently was like, well, Julia, don't you want to become a therapist and be a couples counselor and you love talking to couples? And I was like, well, yeah. And then I was like, but now on Honey, I talk to like the happiest couples because they're like willing to come on and talk right. to me exactly. about their problems or right. whatever. And like therapists talk to the least happy <laughs> couple. So I don't know if. I would enjoy that quite as much. Right, yeah, yeah. good point. Yeah. Good observation, actually. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's tough. That's the, the hardest part of my jobs is is working with couples. Mm -hmm. Because when they walk in, I tell them this. Either you two are going to get healthy and stay together, or this could be the end of your relationship. So it all depends on how hard you want to work. Yeah, okay. So that actually brings me to something else that you guys are making me realize I feel like there are just two kinds of fighting. And now I'm thinking back over all the couples I've talked to and it seems like this is true. There's the way you fight when you're like, we're together, we're not breaking up, <laughs> is really different from the way you fight when you're like, well, I'm not sure if this is well, it. Yeah. yeah, like if, if, uh, if over the 45 years, I think if we got to that point, like you just, describe Justin about you and couples like you want to either work it through or maybe you're not going to work it through but if it is it really worth my you know worth my time working with this person you know mm -hmm. um getting to where like financially I could be on my own you know um I, that I could stand on my own so do I really want to stay in this relationship that's that's when you're really getting honest with yourself and and then looking at the other person and knowing that there is no perfect guy or gal, and like, you know, okay, so like I said before, I, 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 he's almost perfect, you know, he's, <laughs> he's just just when I have I, when I have him, you know. Um, but making that decision, yeah, and I don't know um, how people would be able to do that these days, you know, unless you have communication, you really have to don't assume that the other person knows exactly how you're feeling. Let them know in a way 
that isn't accusatory. You're not going to be yelling and screaming and calling the other person nitty because that's not going to go get any far at all. And you know, just kind of like tell them how you're feeling about things. I guess. Why do you think it's hard? you don't know how people do it today? You think it was easier in your day? No, um, I guess I'm thinking about you know I I have uh, you know my my children are grown and. Uh, two of my children are married, and I and um, just wondering, and and the others are in uh, relationships, and none of them have come to us about uh, you know having any problems with their relationship. But if anything, if anybody would come to me and and ask me for my uh, suggestions and all of like if they weren't getting along with their significant other, I would just talk about communication, mm-hmm. you know, and just that, like, don't attack the other person and really. Tell them how you feel about things. You know, we have, just being as honest as you can. We are so blessed that we have four grown children. They're all in relationships. And from my observation is they're all very healthy relationships. They're not all perfect, but they are very healthy. And that really warms our heart to see that because that's really all you want for your kids. You want to see them love and be loved back. Mm-hmm. And we, we talk about it all the time, how really special that is. Mm-hmm. Um, Another thing I tell. I'm going to take all credit for that too. <laughs> <laughs> Another thing I tell my uh, couples that I see in therapy um, is that there is no perfect person. So, like when you're reevaluating your relationship, if you're like in the middle stage of someplace, I tell them to sit down with a pencil and paper and list all the good qualities of your partner mm-hmm. and all the other qualities that you're not so happy about, <laughs> and realize that. You know, because what happens is certain patterns develop for people. Like they keep going from one person to the next looking for the perfect relationship. Yeah. And I tell them, you're stuck in, in stage one of, <laughs> of the marriage map, which you think you're going to meet somebody and it's going to be romantic and wonderful. No, that stage is going to end no matter who you're with. So then you have to ask yourself, how much work am I willing to put in to make this thing work? Because every relationship takes work. There is no you know, going to live happily ever after without work mm-hmm. and commitment to each other as well as self. Yeah. Commitment to self, you know. Um, okay, so you said like if you make it to the stage of of changing right. yourself, then 86% of couples stay together. Right. So why do you think it's so hard for people to make it to that stage? Because I don't think they really understand the patterns that we've just identified in a, in a relationship. Mm-hmm. Like if you can explain to them, you know, you're, you're in the stage now where you are questioning whether or not you should be there. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly where you're supposed to be. Now, here's what you can do about it. You know, <laughs> there's yeah. something you can do. You can leave, <laughs> but then you might second guess yourself for leaving in a year or two thinking, damn, I could have put more work into that. Mm-hmm. So at least give yourself the dignity and your partner the dignity of trying to work on the relationship before you leave. Because mm-hmm. you'll know soon enough whether or not you have the potential for it to go further. And that potential really is based on, in my experience, each person's willingness to work on themselves, period. I was just going to say, I'm thinking about that, that when you say, well, why, why is it so hard for people to get to that 86% or whatever? It's because it's really hard to... Uh, sometimes to face your own demons or your own fears, you know, like uh, whatever is, you know, whatever bad tapes are in your head telling you what kind of person you are yourself, you know, whatever you grew up with or whatever. And, 
you know, if you're in a relationship and uh, as a woman maybe thinking like, well, I, I'm not as good as I should be. Or, like I said, all the bad, the little committee in your head that's getting down on you all the time. And unless you want to really face that and get yeah. through that, it's a lot easier to say, see ya. Yeah, and it's it's like we put ourselves together like just enough mm-hmm. to be like okay mm-hmm. in the world. And then it seems like if you, you know, it's just hard, really hard to be married. And so then that's getting challenged mm-hmm. and you have to take yourself apart to like really whatever, be a whole good person. Guys, <laughs> it's, it's exhausting just thinking about the extra work that it takes, you know, but that is, I think that's with any kind of relationship, whether it's in relation, any, any kind of relationship, really, whether it's like a work relationship and all, it really, it's so much easier to blame the other person, to point that finger, to say he or she wasn't what I thought they were going to be, this job isn't what I thought it was going to be, this kid isn't what I thought they were going to be, you know, my life just sucks and I'm going to leave. It's a lot easier to say that than to wake up one morning and go, holy crap, I'm really like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm 35, but I'm really acting like I'm 12. And that happened to me. You know, I'm 35, mm-hmm. I've got kids, I've got a house, mortgage, whatever, and I'm acting like I'm 12, and, I, and it's time for me to grow up. So it was a lot of work to have to be done, but it was a lot of, you know, honesty with myself instead of, like, blaming the other person or my circumstances or whatever. It was okay put my big girl pants on and, you know, get to focusing, like you've said, Justin, about focusing on myself and deciding that I wanted something different for me. And when you Mm -hmm. think, remember I talked before about investment in the relationship, right? I think it's a little bit, I don't know, I don't know if easier is the right word, but if somebody's coming to marriage counseling and they have three kids and one on the way, Mm -hmm. they're more likely to want to work on their relationship than two people that come in that have no kids. You know, and they're just not getting along for whatever reason. They don't have much as much invested in the relationship. Mm-hmm. So, and it's also been my experience as a therapist that I see that, that that people that have kids are more willing to work on keeping the relationship together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so the like, trick thing yeah, is yeah. go out and have a kid, you know, but, and work on the relationship. <laughs> Conventional wisdom no, the other piece having is, a kid won't fix your relationship. Yeah, well, that's absolutely true. The, I was going to say, the other piece to that is um, you don't stay together for the kids. Because now I have this guy I'm seeing right now whose name shall be named nameless. I'm, I'm, I'm speaking hypothetically. <laughs> totally right. hypothetical. That uh, him and his wife have not got along for three years. Their relationship, for all intents and purposes, is over. They've kind of gone in different ways, but they live in the same house and they have two kids. Mm-hmm. And I'm seeing this guy in therapy and I'm asking him, why are you staying in this relationship? And basically his reason is economic. He goes, I'm not going to leave my house to live in a basement. I'm not leaving my kids. I said, okay, I understand that. But what kind of message are you sending to your children that you're staying in a relationship that's so unhealthy where you guys are beating the hell out of each other emotionally? What does that say to your children? He goes, I know you're right, but I can't leave. So I said, well, you better start talking to your kids about why you're staying and, and the reality of what's going on. But they're young, too, so it's, 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 it's a hard thing to juggle, you know? Yeah. 
It's not so easy to leave a bad relationship, especially when you have that investment that we just talked about. Yeah. Of children, a home, etc. But this is what I'm talking about. Like, how do you know if it's a bad relationship that you need to leave or one that you need to go through the phase? Well, I can tell you because with this particular couple, I worked with them as a couple. Mm-hmm. And that was a while ago. And I could see this is, this is going nowhere because there were factors involved not the least of which was one of the people in that relationship did not want to keep the focus on themselves. Okay. You see? Mm -hmm. So I knew this was going to be doomed. Either they're going to, somebody's going to make a big change or this relationship is not going anywhere. And guess what? I became a prophet because that's exactly what's happening (laughs) three years later. So, you know, so the guy came back to me after not seeing me for a while and he says, you're not going to believe this. We're still in the same situation. It's insane, but I don't want to leave my house. And I said, well, I can't tell you what to do, but I keep going back to what is the message you're sending your children? That it's okay to be in an unhealthy relationship where, you know, two people aren't willing to work on it? Is it okay to live that way? Well, that, you know, that's yet to yeah. be determined. So okay. a lot of hard questions. I'm yeah. just thinking of your question there about like, so how do you know, you know, is it something like it's just a phase we're going through? We can get through for the next year, and we're and we're going to be part of that eighty-six percent, or is it really not going to be working? I think that just comes down to your own self, like to really be honest with yourself about how you're feeling, your feelings towards the other person. Like I said, with us, it was like okay, any kind of really rough time. I I know that I asked myself, you know, what is it? When it really gets down to the nitty gritty, is I love him. Simple. I love him, and I'm going to stick stick it through. You know. And so, if you could, in a relation, in a situation, as you said, you don't know whether it's the the person themselves or whatever it is. But if you can really, honestly, get as honest as you can with yourself, and maybe it would be even to say like, I don't love him. You know. But so if it, and you say it out loud. You know, to let the boogeyman out. Mm. And you, holy mackerel! I really said it out loud. I really don't think I love this person. Within, no matter how much you try to work on the relationship, it's not probably won't work out best for you. And I think the other piece of that is you don't do that in a vacuum. You do that with a therapist or somebody you really trust, Mm -hmm. you know, so that you can get some perspective and some guidance if you need it. Um, But to do it in your own head, I don't think is a good idea. I think you need help to do it. And there's nothing wrong with that. I, I, I encourage it. Not because I'm a therapist. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't need the business. Believe me, I got plenty of business. Plenty of business. But I think it's a good idea uh, to do it with somebody else. Yeah. To come to that, you know, uh, decision with somebody else. Okay. What about you're like this? I have to change. I you realized you're like I have to change myself. I can't change the other person, but the way that you have to change yourself is makes you feel anxious (laughs) well yeah because you're changing well part of growing up you know growing up is not easy and that's what we're talking about we're talking about maturity Mm -hmm. growing and becoming mature and it's it's not easy all the time like uh, i have all these examples but the one example was I like to go to bed at night with a clean sink in the kitchen. I don't like any food in there. I don't like any dishes in there. So one day I say to Isley, come on, man. Can't you just friggin' clean your dishes up before you go to bed? I hate that. You know I don't like to go to bed. She goes, Justin, 
if you don't like it, change the things you can. <laughs> and I wanted to like throw something at him because I hate, I hate when I'm told the truth and it doesn't agree with my truth, but she was right. So guess what? If there's dishes in the sink and I don't like it, I'll get rid of them. I love it. I love it. <laughs> so she trained he me pretty good. So I go to bed she? a lot earlier than he does. <laughs> so no matter what, he's left with the sink. But, but we realize, you know, like certain things are important to me that they're not important to her. She really don't care. She doesn't care if she went to bed with dirty dishes in the sink, but I don't like it. So I'm the one that's responsible for changing it. Mm. Yeah. What else? What else? That's the one that jumps out the most because that was so profound. <laughs> well, okay. So I said I had said earlier that I recently retired, and Justin's been kind of semi-retired for about 14 years, and I like three months. So, <laughs> so you know, uh, I'm home now. And after about two weeks, he turns around to me and says, so how long does this retirement last? <laughs> I said, get the hell out of my kitchen. Get out of my dishwasher. Because when she was working all the time, I was going food shopping, I was doing the laundry. And I'm not saying it to toot my own horn, but because I just like doing it and I like doing it my way. And now she's in my kitchen. I'm like, what are you doing? Get out of here. You don't even know how to load the dishwasher correctly. And I said, that's okay. I can, I can leave it. But that, that is the funny thing, you know. It's, it's, it's just the funny thing. You know, like, now you're okay. Now to get used to being around each other. But uh, literally, you know, like if I put something down on the counter, oh my God, I, you know, like my, that's my counter. I'm like, oh, for crying out loud, you know. <laughs> it's a nice counter. You wipe it off, you know. The counter's for putting things on. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know? So it's stuff like that. So the, one, the, uh, the last stage of that marriage map is enjoy the fruits of your labor. Ah, Stay yeah. healthy. You'll realize that your arguments won't last as long. You won't hold grudges. So go out and have fun together. I so, love it. Yeah, so we're, we're kind of like at that. Yeah, we're at that stage. Know. Oh my God. We're safe at home. We're safe at home. <laughs> <laughs> he, 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 tells, he, he says we're in our last trimester. <laughs> I said, well, I know what happens with the first one. I don't know what happened with this, this other trimester. But, and, and it's, you know, it's um, being able to Say what you mean, not mean, but don't say it mean. You know, don't say you're a jerk because you know I left the stuff in the sink or whatever. You know, it's, it's not the name calling, and it's just you know. Also, the uh, the willingness to make amends when you're wrong. Mm -hmm. You know, not just say I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but you know what? What I did the other day that was really wrong. I acted in a way that I shouldn't have, and I just want to let you know that. I mean, that's that, tough. that works wonders, and that's hard because that takes humility. It takes a lot of the stuff that we have to work hard at doing. Yeah. Because, oh, my it, God. Remember when before I was like, the three of us are so emotionally healthy. I'm really <laughs> sorry. I think you guys are in another league. <laughs> I don't know about myself. <laughs> You're just so perfect. You're just so good. And I'm not saying this comes easy and that we do oh it every God, day. Yeah. You know, we overlook a lot of yeah. this stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But at mm -hmm. least we have the awareness to say, you know what? I think I know what could make this better. You know, maybe me taking more responsibility, even though I think she's wrong, no matter what. But you know what? I could it, let it go. Yeah, it goes back to like, you know, how important is it? Yeah. You know, and if, if it's really, it's, there have been times, you know, not just like 10 years ago, but if it's really something that's important, I'm going to say it, you know, but say it in a way that 
like I said, not, not calling names and all, but just standing my ground for something. And he does the same thing. Uh, you know, if it, how important is it? Is it something that I could just leave unsaid? You know, okay, like... Okay, yeah, picking your battles you know, kind of thing. Pick your battles. Mm-hmm. I yeah. mean, there's, mm-hmm. there's very few battles these days. Very few battles. Because you're, you're in stage five. Yeah. Last, trimester. Last, <laughs> last trimester. Last <laughs> trimester. Thanks for listening to Honey. I'm Julia Meltzer. You can find the show on Instagram and Twitter at Honey with Julia. On Facebook at Honey with Julia Meltzer. This show is produced by Ryan Middledorf and Ryan Countshouse. Our intern is Portia Critchman. Our theme song is by Aaron and Melissa. And our artwork is by Allie Monroe. Okay, bye! What's a creative podcast network?